I'm Laurie Mallon, and this is the Results Without Restriction podcast, the show where results have nothing to do with weight and everything to do with setting and reaching health and fitness goals that focus on what we're achieving and not what we're losing. We'll talk about deprogramming from diet culture and get expert advice on reclaiming your relationship with food and movement. Join me on this journey to get results without restriction. Welcome, everyone. I am here with Christine Meyer, who is an ACE certified health coach, certified health education specialist, and a licensed physical therapy assistant. She has over 14 years of experience in the health and wellness field, and she helps midlife women go from foggy to focused by helping them restore their restful sleep. Her coaching focuses on lifestyle changes, which include stress management and time management skills. She's a wife, mom, and a new grandma, and she lives in Southern California. Welcome, Christine. Thank you. Very excited to be here with you. So the topic that we're talking about today is sleep. And I think this is one of those things that a lot of people take for granted until they can't do it, until they start having trouble. And what's funny about sleep is that you don't notice how important it is till you're not getting enough. And then it's just almost like those effects are so far reaching into all the different areas. So this is why I think it's really important that we start talking about improving our sleep, the benefits of sleep, and how we can get to a place where, you know, we're not so hyper-focused on it that it eludes us, right? Because right. that can happen too. Exactly, exactly. Wonderful. So what I like to do first is I like to start with uh, with the guests talking about your origin story. So what brought you to this place where you became a health coach who focuses on sleep? Yes. So uh, I've been a health coach for uh, over 14 years now. Um, Work for a Fortune 500 company uh, with uh, contracts with companies. And we coached on everything, you know, weight management, nutrition, exercise, stress, diabetes, heart health. Uh, Sleep came later because, you know, Sleep is relatively new when you think about it as far as health and wellness topics. Um, But one thing I found when we discussed barriers was sleep was often a barrier to somebody meeting their health goals, whether they wanted to exercise more, um, eat better, manage their diabetes. Um, Sleep often came into play and stress as well, because stress and sleep are so closely related. And then often the goals started shifting towards let's work on the sleep first so that we can actually get towards those longer term goals of what you want to achieve for your your physical health. And I just found it fascinating. Um, I just started doing a lot of research about sleep on my own. And for me personally, I got enough sleep. I I managed. I got enough to get by and I I functioned. Um, You know, I was a single mom. I have type one diabetes. I was always on the go, 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 had that long to-do list that, you know, of course we think we're going to accomplish everything in a day and we're going to not going to go to sleep until we do it, uh, that type of personality. And then the next day, you know, just dragging myself out of bed and doing it all over and you've got your caffeine and, and you're all good. And I managed to get by that way. And, and of course, not realizing the effect it was having on my, my, my health. And then we fast forward to menopause. <laughs> Uh, you know, a few years ago, about five years ago, I started going through the change and 24 seven hot flashes, most of them in the, at night. And I just wasn't sleeping. It was just a, a, just a horrible cycle. And it just really started to affect me, not only physically, but mentally, I just was not myself. 
Um, I couldn't remember conversations. My concentration was horrible at work. I was snappier than usual, <laughs> uh, moodier with my family. And I just, I, I just felt like a different person. I felt like I was going crazy. And I thought, I can't imagine what this would be like just for years and years if someone didn't get regular sleep. And I thought, I really have to work on this for myself. And that's what's, what's really prompted me to start focusing more on it in my coaching as well. It was your own experience. You, yes. you, you had a real lived experience of, of not getting enough sleep and you felt and you, ex you saw how that can be. So I, I imagine that's extremely valuable for you when you're working with clients to have like that really empathetic, like, listen, I know what it's like. I, I understand how you feel about that. You're not even yourself. I totally relate to everything that you just said, because, you know, with the pandemic and getting older, you know, I'm in my late forties and things, things start happening. Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. I feel like the, the sleep, um, you know, the effects of not getting enough sleep. I've been waking up like multiple times per night and just laying there and unable to go to sleep. And it's funny because my husband is like, well, you know, don't do that. And I'm like, it's hilarious to me. And I'm like, what do you mean? Don't do that. Like, he's like, just go back to sleep. And I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I think of that? That is brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for that helpful advice, Dr. Husband. That's great. Of course, he thinks it's probably because I'm not, he says, get more tired and you'll sleep better. And I'm like, you know, if only like it was that easy. Uh, you no, know, there's so many different things that impact it, like your hormones and mm -hmm. environment. And like you said, stress and sleep are so closely related. Um, so let's talk about a, a term that I think it's kind of thrown around and a lot of people don't know what this means. Sleep hygiene. What is that? And yes. why is it so important when we're talking about getting good sleep? So sleep hygiene is basically uh, your behaviors, uh, changing your behaviors and the environment to promote good sleep. So when we're talking about sleep hygiene, it's um, those activities that we're doing in the evening. Um, are we winding down to relax? What's our environment like around us? Um, changing our, just everything we do during the day is going to affect how we sleep at night. Um, and I talk about that wind down, a wind down routine an hour before we get go to bed, but even what we did during the day and our mental health, how we're thinking before we go to bed at night, like you mentioned, waking up several times, as those hamster wheel thoughts that go on in our head, a lot of that's from the stress and the anxiety and not, um, you know, managing our stress or just not learning to, to wind down at the end of the day. So it's really important to understand that sleep hygiene is, it's the evening time, but it's, it's also our, our it's, it's our day, you know, it's, we, we, we need to kind of prep for sleep throughout the day and be more mindful of those behaviors that we have during the day, because that's going to affect how we sleep at night. So I love that you brought up the the concept of a wind down routine before you plan to go to bed, because I think a lot of us might be operating like wind up dolls, right? Like we just go, go, go until we just crash. Like that's just it. I don't, I don't personally, and I should have a wind down routine. And I think that would help immensely, but I, you know, I just, I have a routine, but I'm not winding down. I'll be, let, let's be clear. I definitely have certain things I do at night and I know that they're, they're definitely having an impact on how I sleep. You know, one of them is watching TV basically until I fall asleep on the couch, going to bed and then being wide awake because I just took a 10 minute nap. So now I'm awake and now I'm looking at my phone 
right? Then an hour goes by and now it's, it's way later than I wanted to go to sleep. Um, you know, so the, the wind down routine, I'll, I really want to dig into that a little bit more, but I would, I love that you said that we need to kind of have a plan for how we're going to, you know, shape our environment and the behaviors that we're going to have that are going to impact our sleep. So our wind down routine actually starts way before bedtime. It happens, it's happening all day. Right, right, exactly. And like you said, we're, we're go, go, go up until it's time to go to bed. And then we wonder why we're laying there staring at the ceiling. So, and, and that's part of it. And so it's about activities that relax both your body and your mind that last hour, think of that as your me time. I tell a lot of my clients, think of that as your spa time. This is your time to just relax and be chill, which is hard because we're used to, you know, we think an hour before bed, we're getting stuff done. But again, that has such a big impact. Um, so finding things that are going to relax your body. So that could be um, stretching, yoga, um, uh, any kind of um, relaxation techniques like taking a shower or, or a bath, uh, listening to soft music, uh, turning down the lights. Um, actually, lighting does play a factor in, in how we can sleep as well, but dimming the lights, um, those essential oils, you know, think of those floofy things that we can do, uh, reading a book uh, that will help you to relax. Screen time, unfortunately, is not a part of that. And there's science behind that. And when when I start to educate people on the science behind it, it makes more sense. And they're more willing to do it. Not that I tell people what to do in my coaching, but once they understand how this is affecting them physiologically, it's like, oh, okay. So any kind of screens, whether it be your phone, your television, your tablet, your computer, they emit that blue light. Um, and that blue light um, affects our melatonin levels. And melatonin is a hormone that starts to get produced in our body as the sun goes down. So as things get darker, the melatonin starts producing more. And it's giving our body that signal that it's time to go to bed. We need to get sleepy. So if we have all this light coming in, um, it's blocking that basically. It's not, you're not going to get that production. You're not going to sleep as well or even be able to fall asleep. So people that fall asleep with the television on in their bedroom, you know, that's, that's a tough habit to break. And that's part of this too, is this is coaching. So we're looking at changing these behaviors that have really been ingrained in us in the evening and figuring out how we can change things. And that does take some habit change. So that's one thing I work on them with. It's not just, here's what you need to do. It's, it can be tough, especially when it comes to the phone. Um, sometimes I'm setting goals with people to just get their phone from the nightstand to the dresser in the middle of the night. So they're not picking it up and, and looking at it. So it's a, it really sucks us in. And with these like, past couple of years of watching the news and all of that and social media, it's really easy to get sucked into that. And just the, what we're looking at in general, that information, which is kind of disturbing and uh, can cause stress that can make it difficult to go to sleep as well. So there's a double whammy there. Right, right. Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Feels good, right? <laughs> great, great news right. there. Well, that's that's really helpful to know. And I'm like, I'm like one of your clients. I need to get it off the nightstand because I am in the habit of as soon as I wake up, any time during the night, I assume I'm not going to be able to go back to sleep and I just grab the phone. I'm like, well, I'm right. awake for now, so I might as well just read something or pay, play some Wordle or like you know, check my email or check Facebook or something like that. Um, but I like that you said, I want to clarify something. So you said reading before bed, 
but not on a screen. So I have a Kindle that's a paper white. Does that count? You can try it. Um, you know, supposedly that's supposed to help. So you, you'd kind of have to experiment with a lot of okay. things you do have to experiment. So you could try that still using, you know, low lighting, just a, a night, um, uh, a table lamp versus an overhead lamp and see how that works for you. You, you some of these things you have to kind of um, do trial and error as to whether or not it's going to help you. Same thing with kind of drinking alcohol before bed. You have to experiment with how much of that can we actually do and get a good night's sleep. So you can try it. Ideally, paper would be best. Um, you know, those old fashioned books. Yeah, but <laughs> those remember hurt. those? Yeah. yeah, but those hurt more when I drop them on my face. So <laughs> I'd rather just stick with the Kindle. Um, that's what I found in my experience. My studies have shown that the, the book hurts more than the Kindle. So gotcha, gotcha. So let's talk about the mistakes that people are making. And I don't know if I want to call them mistakes, but maybe, you know, they're not aware of the things that they're doing, but they're definitely having a negative impact when it comes to their sleep. Right. So one of the biz biggest mistakes is that they don't need that, that seven to nine hours that's, that's recommended. You know, some people, you know, we want, to, we want to look at quality of sleep as well. You could maybe sleep a little bit less and have better quality sleep versus eight hours and tossing and turning. So again, everyone's a little bit different, but the science shows that people who get seven hours or less, it does affect their, um, their memory, their cognition. Um, there's a great book by Matthew Walker called Why We Sleep, which is just amazing. Um, it talks about the science behind sleep. But people feel that if they get five or six and they function okay and they've got their coffee, they're good. Um, and But they don't realize behind the scenes what's going on in their body or down the road, how it can affect their health. Um, there are studies now out there about whether sleep could be a contributor to Alzheimer's disease. And that's pretty scary. So um, if you're trying to manage your blood pressure or your blood sugars behind the scenes, those things are affected when we don't sleep well. Um, and a lot of people that are very, very much into their career, their job, they may not realize that if they slept more and slept better, they're gonna have more focus, more concentration, more creativity with their job. Um, Another, I think, is people think they can just hack their sleep. You know, tell me right now what I need to do to, to get to sleep quicker. You know, what can I take? What supplements? What foods? And um, there are maybe supplements that will help. You want to talk to your doctor. There's foods that could possibly help, but that's not going to be a cure-all. Again, it's it's your lifestyle, you know, it's how and it's how you manage your um, your mental health that's going to um, really be the, the major factor. Okay, so what I'm hearing is no quick fix, and we need to look at this big picture to see all of the different areas, physical, you know, physical health, mental health, emotional health even, and how that's kind of impacting our ability or our quality of sleep. Right, right. For some, it is kind of an easy fix. It's like, okay, well, I stopped watching TV before bed and I'm great. Um, for others, it's a little bit more complex. I think especially for women, um, I, I like to focus on, you know, midlife women. So if there is hormonal things going on, we need to address that, not us, but I want you to work with your, your doctor. That's out of the scope for a health coach. But um, yes, we need to really... Um, first look at the the why and then figure out how we're going to uh, address it because there are medical things that come into play as well that could be affecting how we sleep. Uh, medical really diagnoses, even medications. 
that's a really good point too. So it could just be things that you need to be doing for your health that can have that trickle down effect into your sleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So you mentioned, you know, how you work with clients and how you create a plan for them and you figure out what things that they might, what tweaks they might be able to make in their schedule or their environment to help them um, improve their sleep. So let's talk about working with you as a coach and what does that look like? Um, Say I come to you and I'm, you know, I'm having trouble sleeping. What does it look like with the process to work with you? Right. So the first thing we talk about, and this this goes with any health coaching program is, you know, what's your goal? Why is it important for you to get sleep? For some people, they just want more energy. They're tired of, of dragging all day or snapping at their family. Other people do have hypertension or, or uh, pre-diabetes, and they, they want to manage those conditions. So we want to look at the why and figure out together why you're not slump, uh, sleeping. For some people, that's a given. Some, they just don't know. They, they have no idea why. So we that's when we look at your lifestyle habits. How are you managing your stress, uh, medical conditions that you may have, um, you know, hormones and things like that. Again, if it comes to, if you have think you have anxiety or depression, uh, hormone imbalances, if you think you have sleep apnea, we want to partner up with your, your clinicians to get those uh, medical things uh, addressed. But we'll, we'll, if we don't know what it is that, that's affecting your sleep, we'll kind of do a little inventory of all those things and then work together to figure out what do you want to start working on. Um, and a lot of times that is stress um, because, again, it's we're laying in bed thinking. Uh, we have a hard time winding down. So we look together and then it's just it's about goal setting you know, and uh, tiny habits if, if needed. Uh, because again, it's we're ingrained in these habits in the evenings, we're addicted to our devices. So that's a big one is how can we slowly find um, a, a nighttime routine that's going to work for you? How do we help you manage your stress during the day? And um, eat better, exercise more, it, it all comes into it comes into play. So I have um a couple different coaching programs and one's kind of a a one and done i call it 90 minutes to better sleep where we do sit down do kind of like a little bit of a sleep analysis of what your habits are and i give you my recommendations here's what i recommend you're on your way you know if you you don't feel like you need the coaching and then we have um i have a four and 12 week program where people that do need more of the um the guidance uh the partnering up for habit um creation uh, we do bi-weekly calls with some um, support texting in between and we that's when we sit down with setting those smart goals and really uh, digging in and creating a program and it's it's the client doing it not me you know as a health coach we don't tell people what to do we're here to support them and, and give them our input but you're the one in the driver's seat determining you know how you're going to make this change because we don't want it to be stressful either um, what's one thing when we do when we wake up in the middle of the night I need to go to sleep. I need to go to sleep. I need to get back to sleep. And that has the opposite effect. You know, it's like saying, well, don't think about a pink elephant right now, Laurie, and you're probably going to do it. That's the worst thing we can do is is stress out and think, I have to make sure I get to sleep tonight because that can actually have the opposite effect. And then what? And then it just exacerbates the problem. Right, right. I love that. I love that you have that one and done consultation where you can kind of, you know, have a meeting with somebody and, and give them some recommendations if they think that that is what, you know, they need to get started. And then, of course, they can come back and say, listen, that was great, but I still need, I think I need more in-depth, you know, coaching. Let's, can we work together to create like a program and work together longer term? I love that you have those options. Because um, everybody's different. 
you know, some people just want, tell me what to do and I'm going to go do it. And um, other people, we, we need more of that, that support for sure. Right. And, and with habit development, we all know that, you know, it would be great if we could just flip a switch and be like, great, this is how I live my life now. These are the things that I do. But our actions and our habits are so ingrained and they're so grooved in. It takes a lot of like deprogramming or, um, you know, kind of crowding them out with, with the things that we want to do that it can help. You know, it can take a while. It can take three months, six months. You know, I like that that 21 day fix, if only. Right. It could take quite a while to get in, into a place where these are automatic activities that we're doing. Right, right. Um, when I tell people about the electronics and not using the phone, there's usually some silence for a bit. <laughs> because that's just, you know, that's a that's a big one for people. So um, it, it can take a little bit of time. And, and that's okay. You know, just like with any other um, habit we're trying to change. But nighttime's a big one for people. Right. These are, I mean, it's something we do every day. Everybody mm -hmm. does it every day. And at some point, you know, you've lived your life. <laughs> you've gotten to a place where you're comfortable with what you're doing, whether or not it's working for you is another story, but we've got these habits. So it's good to know that we can get support specifically for improving sleep and that just improving your sleep can have such an impact on these different areas, you know, being more productive, being more focused, being in a better mood. I would sign me up for that. I would like that. <laughs> um, not feeling so stressed um, and just being able to have more energy to get my workouts in or have the time and patience to cook, cook a healthy meal instead of grabbing a bowl of cereal because I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. Right. So all of these things, it's so far reaching to everything right. that we do. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Christine, you have a free gift for our listeners, and this is your eight solutions to regain restful sleep mini guide. Yeah, so, so we're not promising anything. It's just it's just <laughs> something to kind of give you some ideas of where you can get started. And of course, you can follow up with Christine, book the, her consultation call, book just a, a consultation in general to see if you want to uh, work with her longer term, if you know you need something a little bit more in depth and with more support. Um, so I'll be putting that in the show notes. And I'm also going to put the link to that that book that you mentioned, Why We Sleep, I'll put that mm -hmm. in the show notes as well. Um, because I, like you said, so much research is coming out about sleep and how important it is that I think, you know, it's important for us to all understand what's going on when we're sleeping. Right, exactly. So Christine, could you actually dive a little bit deeper into what is happening in our bodies when we're sleeping, like during, throughout the night, what's going on behind the scenes? Right. So this is where we get to get kind of nerdy and sciencey, but it's just, it's fascinating. and It'll give you more about the the why of things. Um, so we have um, uh, five stages of sleep. You know, we have light sleep, which is we call um, uh, stages one and two. Um, we have deep sleep, which is stages three and four, and that's all our non REM sleep. And then we have our REM sleep, which is our, our dream sleep. And we cycle through that um, throughout the night. So we go from awake, light sleep, deep sleep, back up again, up, up into the, the light sleep, and then we hit REM, and then we cycle back down. And we go through about four to five of those cycles uh, throughout the night. Um, in, the, in the earlier stages of the evening, we're getting more of the, the deep sleep, uh, the, the stage three and four. And then towards the earlier hours of the morning, we're getting more of the, the REM, the, the dream sleep. And they both have their their purposes. And this is why it's really important to get 